Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports. Tuesdays and Thursdays, take a look at a grab bag of stories from around the league, uh, whether it's the NFL and uh, NCAA or leagues, I should say, or baseball basketball news when it's of interest but I don't know I feel like we're kind of in that uh that sweet spot of where there's sort of a slowdown because of the Super Bowl and the fact that there's not NFL games this weekend there's sort of that long slow build to to the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks and so there's not nearly as much NFL but there is a little bit to get to and that's going to take up the bulk of uh, this week's edition and for starters we can uh, begin by telling you not who the next commander's head coach is going to be but who the next commander's coach will not be and neither will he be the Seahawks head coach but Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson uh, letting it be known to uh, well I guess through sources letting it be known that he plans on staying in Detroit and remaining as their offensive coordinator under Dan Campbell after coming up just short in the NFC championship game just a couple of days back. He's 37 years old. He's already been on the carousel a couple of times now, and this year obviously was one of the hotter names, and it looked as though Washington with their new ownership group was basically all in on him being the next guy or all signs pointed towards him being the next guy from the from the cheap seats, mind you. Maybe in D.C. the talk was a little bit different, but that's who I expected to get announced. And uh, instead, he wants to try and run it back again with Detroit. So the commanders and Seahawks still in search of a head coach as of this moment. They're going to screw this up. <laughs> well, they're they're, 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 they're going to screw it up. Look, this is just... Give them a little. By the way, Ben Johnson time. informed Washington or whoever the contingent was to come see him. They were on their way, according to numerous reports, when he told them he was no longer. They were involved. flying to go see him. Yep. They were yeah. on their way to see him, and I think that I'm not trying to. I mean, he seemed like a hot air, young yeah. coach, but that's that's a little bit. 
That's like a college football coach type move right there. That was uh, it's what's he called the Billy Donovan, where you're the coach of the Magic on mm-hmm. Monday, but on Wednesday yeah. you're you're gone again. No, and, and um, I have nothing against Ben no, Johnson. And but good luck to him. But yeah, I um, good for the Lions too. Yeah, it's great for the Lions. Um, I think when you look at both those jobs, there are one you're replacing a, a legend in Pete Carroll in Seattle. I thought you say Ron Rivera. Yeah, no, and. In the other one, in Washington, you are part of what is going to be the biggest franchise makeover perhaps in the history of, of sports recently because the new owners have to make sure that they have a relationship with the fans that's better than Daniel Snyder. They have to start winning games. They've got a new stadium. There's a lot that's going to go in to being the Washington head coach. They might change the name again, like all these things. If that's not where you want to be in your career, I kind of understand that when you're gonna when you can have options at at some other point. But sometimes these things do go away, so it's a bold choice for Ben Johnson to decide to turn down the Commanders because I would say that in a in, in a different way because it's not like the the previous owners of the Cowboys before Jerry Jones had run afoul of the community like Daniel Snyder had. They just weren't winning anymore, mm-hmm. but. It will look very much like that as a let's take this organization and give it a really good polish and once over and remodeling because that's what they need and they have a lot of alienated fans. So I get maybe not going like, man, this is that's going to be a lot. It is going to be a lot who the first guy into the new ownership group is. Yeah, no, it, it definitely will be. I would, let's say, though, about the alienated fans, all they're asking for is just a little excitement. I mean, yeah. they've been waiting for a couple decades of just – Trudging through the mud. I mean, in a little brief, oh, there's RG3. And then, boom, just like that, he was he was gone. Uh, like like it never even happened almost. And then here's Kirk Cousins, and that all falls apart. And and so I think the fans definitely became disenchanted and, and borderline angry, if not full-blown angry in some cases. But now with a new ownership group, it does feel like a sleeping on clean sheets. You know, it seems like it's just, it's nice. Everything's new and you just want to get the right pillow. Now at this point, I think to lay your head down at night and be confident that you can get some, some rest that things are going well and that the things are being taken care of with your, your favorite football team there. And that would be the hiring of a great head coach that you can just say, all right, I can sleep now. I think things are going all in the right directions, but instead a little bit more sleepless nights ahead for Washington fans who just want to know who this new head coach for this new era and new ownership group and new quarterback and new everything else is going to be as they also pursue a new stadium so a lot of new going on uh with the commanders and uh the only thing that they're they're still working on right now basically that's on the the top of the to-do list is getting that head coaching spot taken care of so that leaves uh still various other candidates even though ben johnson is out of the mix ravens defensive coordinator mike mcdonald has been uh, somebody talked about interviewing for these jobs and dan quinn's still out there guys i mean i I'm not going to get excited about Dan Quinn if he is hired as the Washington head coach. I'm going to tell you that right now. That would be a massive disappointment to me. I don't know how y'all view him as a head coach. Um, this is not even because of the Atlanta thing. I just feel like, I don't know, hiring the Cowboys defensive coordinator. I'm not against that because it's the Cowboys, but he just doesn't excite me, um, I guess. And and so, uh, I don't know. How would you feel about Dan Quinn from your standpoint? I mean, it, I I don't know if there's a head coach I'm going to get super excited about. I started talking I, myself into Ben Johnson because he's just younger and here's the Lions having success, but now that's off the table, obviously. So I don't really have a choice, but that doesn't get me going when I hear Dan Quinn necessarily. Grant Paulson covers Washington, has for a long time. Uh, somebody mentioned it was disastrous that he's staying in Detroit. Uh, the candidates now are Mike McDonald, yep. 
Just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anthony Weaver, Aaron Glenn, former Aggie, who's now at Detroit, Dan Quinn, and Bobby Slovic. I mean, that's like I, I, I did not get goosebumps, I, and I like I, uh, Aaron Glenn would be cool, but I, I none of them brought in that. No, look, I and I think if you're gonna, the other thing you got to think about is you've got to if you have a defensive head coach, you better have a cool offensive coordinator because you're probably drafting a quarterback at number two. I mean, yep. and, and if you don't. Uh, it says what you think about what's a pretty good uh, quarterback class at the top, but you're probably drafting a quarterback at number two. So uh, there's all that. But the the reaction I got from you guys on Dan Quinn as the head coach was like, okay, what are the specials? And it's like uh, boiled eggs. Yeah, you're I mean, like, well, I mean, I'll eat a boiled man. egg, but like, I don't want the special at the restaurant. Like, what do you? I mean, a lot. <laughs> how many coaches have been hired? Like three or four, five. Yeah, and there, here they are. You know, it's it's they're just sitting there. Sometimes someone will fall in your lap. Maybe that happens. Somebody might open up that you don't think is there right now. But it's it's we're about to go to the Super Bowl week, and most of the time there used to be this verboten of anything announced during the week of the Super Bowl. And I think maybe somebody popped that. So I don't know if they don't have anybody by Sunday. Will they announce anybody at all next week in Las Vegas? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you would hope that gets done done soon. That would be a nice place to break it. Or do you wait for it all to be over with so then you get the front seat of having all of the attention when everything inevitably dies down after the season's over with? Uh, I could see that being the case as well. But, yeah, you would like to start planning for the draft where you've got the number two overall pick in the, the combine. Agency. and yeah. The fact starts. that you've got uh, Senior Bowl and all these different things going on. So, anyways, the commanders and, um, and Seahawks will not uh, be – uh, will not be uh, helmed by uh, Detroit's OC next season as their head coach. So they move on, and the search continues. Uh, Jerry Jones was out at the Reese's Senior Bowl, and there have been a couple of headlines coming out of that. But uh, basically was asked uh, you know, quite a bit about Mike McCarthy and bringing him back, and uh, he wanted to talk about – you know, how they plan on making it different. And he said, uh, instead of, you know, playing in that game and and losing, how do they go about getting the win next time around when they're in the playoffs? He said, we need to stop the run better. We need to be more physical and we need to run better to be specific. We need to do those kinds of things. I thought we made a pretty good move four years ago when we hired McCarthy. He's had great in-season success. Now he's come up short three times and advanced us in the playoff. But I like the fact that he's hanging around the rim. And I like what the team has done to hang around the rim. So I think the answer what I would have is I'm aware we're hanging around the rim. We're not getting the ball in. But when you hang around the rim, uh, where we are right now with the players we got, I'm thinking about it from the whole look. So he feels like they're close is what his he, message is. And he's also uh, letting you know why Mike about the McCarthy's Mavericks back. or the Cowboys? <laughs> well, I mean, you get the analogy. I, I, yeah, they're close. They're just trying to tip it in at this point. But yeah. are they that close in his eyes? Are they really that close? Or is that just in his eyes? He, so, you know. He also said that they're building for – they're not building for the future. They're yes, going to go for it. The people that, are going to yep. see them coming. Um Now, look, to that end, they are currently $19 million over the cap. And if they're going to go for it... Which means nothing. Yeah. um, They'll restructure DAC for the... They'll restructure (laughs) DAC. Yeah, it means nothing. It means nothing until you need it to mean something. But um, it means nothing right now. But that means they've got to... 
in their go for it plans to restructure. That means they got to restructure Dak and restructure Zach Martin and get Micah Parsons extension done. Essentially, like all these things, like you have to do, or or CD Lamb, all the ones that are coming up, or try to get Micah and CD to like hold off on that for a minute so that they can go for it and say like, listen, we'll get you done next off season, but this off season we're going to do this. But extending Dak means committing to Dak for at least another two years, mm-hmm. at least another two years. And then dealing with the salary cap ramifications of dead money well off in the future. Like you said, Smokey, it doesn't mean anything. They can push it off into the future. They did it before. They didn't win anything because of that. They got no, no team got caught more flat footed by the salary cap than the Cowboys did. I mean, they, they, they really did. And they are still shell shocked by it. Steven Jones has been that like the absolute, um, Kaiser of the cap and doesn't let them take any risks with it. And so now they're going to have to skew that for a while. If that's the plan that Jerry really wants to do, or cause he knows that like, there's only two, two options here. It is go for it with the team that you have pretty much built right now. That's won 36 games. The last three regular seasons, the second most in the league and not, but one playoff game, or you have to pull the plug. That's the two options they have. Yeah, he said, I would anticipate we'll be all in at the end of this year. Uh, We will be all in. Um, It will be going all in on different people than you've done in the past. Uh, We've seen some things out of some of the players that we want to be all in on. I would say that you will see us come this coming year, not build it for the future. It's the best way I've ever said, and that ought to answer a lot of questions. So they're all Uh, in. Okay, my, my whole thing is, why does he say anything? Uh, because he's at the Senior Bowl and he's got a pool of reporters around him yeah, that are I asking mean, him just, questions. Just, but I know it's almost as if let me scratch the itches that are out there the last couple of weeks since we lost. Well, and what's it done for him except for keep them relevant for 30 years when they haven't always been yep. respectable enough to be relevant? I mean, that's part of being the Cowboys. It's like why does, you know, Brian Cashman talk? Well, it's the Yankees, and you've got to address the public, especially when you've got a big following like they do. So there's Jerry, and he's not going to miss an opportunity to promote and talk in front of the media and be the center of attention either. So I think that's pretty clear. And so there you go. That's just uh, some interesting comments from the Senior Bowl, which is uh, underway. Um, so, all right, uh, you've got elsewhere the fact that you had these past couple of playoff games, uh, the ratings coming out of these playoff games, and fair to say that they were absolutely massive uh, once again, when you think about uh, just the brands involved, and yes, there is the uh, Taylor Swift factor in at least one of those games as well, but uh, man, nearly 57 million tuning into the NFC Championship game, Lions and 49ers, which was up uh, 7% from last year's ASC Championship game that was uh, in that window, and so nearly 60 million people tuning in for uh, the Lions to get that big lead and uh, then basically um, lose it along the way. I mean, that was that was pretty brutal to watch. You're waiting for Detroit to just connect on something, and it just kept uh, slowly leaking or maybe quickly leaking uh, from your vantage point. But nearly 57 million people, 56.69 for Lions and 49ers uh, this past weekend. Uh, so you had that for the NFC. And then over on the AFC side of things, Chiefs over the Ravens, 55.47 million viewers. Uh, first time since 2014 that both the conference title games averaged more than 50 million viewers apiece. And uh, it was made mentioned, or it was mentioned by 
several of the outlets that uh, they have the like the same day Nielsen reporting and all that in effect now. But yeah, uh, biggest audience for the NFC title game since 2012. Uh, Giants and 49ers had 57 plus million. Um, but yeah, pretty healthy numbers uh, for both of those title games uh, the other night. So there you go, monster NFL ratings and expecting a hundred million plus for the Super Bowl as that's become commonplace now. So, but I am interested uh, to see what kind of a number when you've got Swift and Mahomes and Kelsey and all the attention being placed there. And then obviously the Niners in a big market and uh, with a lot of star power themselves and a rematch subplot to this all. Um, they should, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. It's going to get big numbers anyway, but those are healthy coming out of the last weekend. Yeah. It's, the NFL's undefeated. They're just, they're just a juggernaut and there's nothing else that can, that can compete with it. Not in this and country. No, not in this and country. I don't know really wherever many else. I don't know. I don't know the ratings internationally, but I can't yeah. imagine there's too many others that are pulling in, you know, 57 million viewers on a regular basis for their sporting events. But maybe in like India with cricket or something, maybe it's like a yeah. hundred million. I don't know. But here in America, football is king, especially the NFL. And that's pretty clear coming out of this well, weekend. Well, and look, the, uh, the thing that uh, we have more than maybe any other countries is we have we have maybe more sports that people watch than than a lot of places like in Europe it's kind of focused to two or three things right. or like in in India it's like two things it's soccer and cricket you know so mm-hmm. like you have gigantic population in India that watches two sports in America we watch like six sports uh but in all to varying degrees, but football is the one we like the most, and like that's oh, yeah. clear enough. So um, I think that's what that's why it, it's maybe jumps out a little bit more because you know you can people may or may not watch baseball, they may or may not watch basketball, but football has more casual fans than all of the rest of them combined. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty healthy numbers there, and, and big numbers as you would expect for the NFL. I just like mention those in passing, especially when uh, we get huge um, huge returns and. Uh, Two conference title games, both over $50 million, doesn't happen all of the time. Meanwhile, just to note uh, locally here on former Baylor basketball star Keontae George, I saw earlier today where he was named uh, to play in the Rising Stars uh, event at the NBA All-Star Weekend, and it's taken on different uh, iterations. It was a rookie challenge back in the mid-90s when it first started. That's what it was known as. It was just a rookie challenge, and it was that for like 15 years. And then it was the Rising Stars Challenge, and they had a couple of different uh, types of events. You had Barkley, Team Chuck, and Team Shaq going at each other, for example. Um, but now it's like everything else in the NBA. It's a tournament-style uh, event uh, there during All-Star Weekend. You get 12 rookies. You get 12 sophomores. You get uh, a nearly a handful of G League Ignite players, and then they get drafted into teams. And I just feel like the NBA is trying really hard to make things interesting because everything's like a tournament, and there's drafts for the tournaments, and then there's like these – I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of – it used to be just an all-star game where here's a three-point contest, but they've tried to find ways to make it more interesting. So the Rising Stars Challenge has uh, taken on uh, different faces, but Keontae George will be a part of it this year, the rookie from Baylor for the Utah Jazz. So uh, excited for him to have that honor. And final note here, uh, just because this is Paul-related, uh, Justin Turner, who played last with the Red Sox, signing a one-year deal uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. What a great pickup for Toronto. Thirteen million yes. base salary for the thirty-nine-year-old, and a million and a half in potential bonuses there as well. So, just wanted to throw that in there for but, Paul here to get but, to a little baseball talk. His spring training is going to start get going here pretty yeah. soon. Best guy in the clubhouse, like the you know the unifier of everybody. Everybody loves Justin Turner. 
He's, you know, he's going to do wonder. Like, he's going to go into the Toronto that's got a lot of young stars, and they're going to see them rally, and they're going to be like, you know what? What changed my life was meeting Justin Turner, this beautiful red-bearded son of a gun. I love him. And they're going to say that, and the Red Sox could have got him for $13 million, And the look, when I, I hear Fenway Sports Group is going to spend $3 billion to invest in the PGA and Mookie Betts cost too much money, I just know where this ownership group is headed and what they care about. It's other things. It's not the Red Sox, and it's definitely not me when they should care about me. Well, they gave uh, Red Sox fans a few World Series they here did. recently, so they're not quite as under pressure as they once were. I can only imagine how boiling hot that would be right now had they not won some World Series and still had the streak going on. But that's that's dead and done, and uh, they've more than made up for it. But, yeah, right now that's probably not the, the greatest news for a Red Sox fan. But that's notable on a, an otherwise pretty slow day for the most part when it comes to uh, interesting stories. But uh, you do have the Super Bowl coming up, so there's a few things off the radar. All right. Uh, very well done. We will come back and look at the basketball night from last night and also tonight's schedule in the Big 12 and Top 25. Uh, it's uh, it, it's kind of it is kind of a calm before the storm with the week off, and then next week is another full week where then you have Super Bowl week in Vegas and the games not until a week from Sunday. A long, long way to get there, but it's about to converge a lot. Uh, the the energy, which is there anyway, Vegas may be one of those cities where you could host the Super Bowl, and yes, it's a huge game. But it might be one of those cities where you could host an event like that and you don't even know it's there. My, like Miami? Miami. They kind of go about their business. Oh, yeah, the Super Bowl. It'll be a big deal because it's the first time Vegas will host it. Uh, L.A. It may be that way, which they hosted it just, uh, what, two or three years ago. When we come back, we'll look at the basketball result from last night and the Big 12, discuss the standings, also the Big 12 schedule, more news and notes on that. And this is 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.